Welcome to Backroom Talk. Are chatting about energy systems experimentation uh, and what we went through over the last week or so. Gosh, that thing was, uh, was icky. It was so icky. Yeah. Why did we do that? We actually push aerobic threshold the entire time. That shit is brutal. Let's uh, not ever do that again. Uh, yeah, unless the people ask. Don't ask for it, guys. Just Please don't. To listen to more Backroom Talk, be sure to subscribe. Learn to design personalized programs with the OPEX system of coaching by heading to opexfit.com. Welcome to another episode of Backroom Talk, guys. Uh, we are chatting about energy systems experimentation uh, and what we went through over the last week or so. This is part two of uh, a two series uh podcast episode so if you didn't watch last week's and you want to hear our like prep our like working ourselves up for what was to come <laughs> then uh go back and listen to that one or watch that one but uh otherwise uh let's let's get into the recap and talking through the five energy systems assessments that we hit before we talk about that though, guys, this uh, these podcast episodes are related to a free guide we just put out that uh, has some really awesome videos, some people that are far more impressive than we are for the most part. Uh, <laughs> Speak for yourself. I don't know. Going through I don't these know tests about you, too. <laughs> Carl and then James as well uh, do some commentary over the top, so they're super fun. We'll drop a link in the description below if you want to go and sign yourself up for that free guide if you haven't already. But uh, let's get to it, Carl. Let's let's start with assessment one, which was peak watts on the assault bike. Yeah, that's uh, it's my favorite one. It's quick, it's easy, and before you know it, it's done. Um, that sounded like a weird story. That that did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if those are good or bad things. I don't know. Probably in this bad. case, it's good. In quick this case, easy? it's good. Mm. Not in this case. This case, it's really good. Trust yeah. me. Okay. Um, but no, it's good. Yeah. Um. I intended on doing this on Monday or no Friday. I intended to do it on Friday, um, but we hit the row kettlebell swing burpee lactic repeat on Thursday, and uh, I had no oomph on Friday, so I decided to not do it on Friday. Pushed it to Saturday, um, got two thousand and seven watts, so lower than what I thought I would get. Yeah, I uh, pushed it back until the last possible minute, which was this morning. Uh, lactic repeat, like we'll, we'll get to what happened with lactic repeat, but I just, between the other pieces we had to do and just some like other training that I really wanted to hit, like I didn't want to put my training on hold uh, for a week of assessment, which, you know, maybe I should have, I'm not sure, but I really wanted to lift some weights too. We'll see. I put it off until this morning and the mistake uh, I made with that was yesterday was a double day for me. I did a bunch of aerobic work in the morning, jujitsu at night, got home late, had a shorter sleep. So I uh, was not feeling super fresh, super fresh when I went to uh, hit that this morning. Definitely not fully recovered. And uh, Wednesdays are supposed to be my off day. So, so you, you, Georgia just broke every – guys, don't do what Georgia just talked about. Don't, don't execute do it. it in the way that I did. Um, but, no, I definitely just, like, again, had no oomph going into that one. I got 1075 mm -hmm. watts, um, which was low. Like, I've definitely revved that thing a little higher in the past. Um, but, yeah, I was just, was just damn tired. What was, uh, what was your – what's your best score on that? I think something like 1,300-ish. Ooh, that's a big drop. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like we talked about last week, if yeah. you were using this as like a, a check-in on readiness, right? Um, that would have told you something, mm-hmm. but you don't need to do it because you know, like today's an off day. You had a double day yesterday. Um, so you're probably expecting a number like that anyway, coming in based on how you were feeling. Yeah. I was not expecting to see uh, record numbers today, but uh, yeah, definitely good insight that Wednesday needs to be a rest day. <laughs> yeah. I, I came in, like I said, at 2007, my best is a little under 2200, but I don't think it was readiness for me. I think I'm just less powerful yeah. than I used to be. Um, so I think it was a fairly accurate measure and it took me, it actually took me three sets to get there. Yep. So my first set, I went like 1900. My second set, I went 1950. Mm-hmm. And then the next set, that's when I hit, uh, 2007. And, and I knew in my head, like, I can't get any more. I can't get any faster yeah. than that. So I shut it down and I went on the assault bike pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did, I did too. My, I did it in my garage. So, uh, let's see you know we we haven't used that thing that much right so maybe wattage is a little bit different maybe it's a little bit harder to accumulate uh power on that thing so yeah we have to take that into consideration for sure it definitely feels like a little bit heavier being on mm-hmm. there than the regular assault bike i don't know if you feel feel the same way yeah it feels uh it's weird i think it's smoother it's smoother and heavier yeah. at the same time yeah um i don't feel like drag i don't feel like the, the, the drag janky. is increased yeah yeah <laughs> I don't feel the, the jankiness or the drag of like an echo bike. Mm-hmm. So it's the experience doesn't change. It just feels it's just more of a robust yeah. piece of equipment. Um, so for me, it feels smoother. Um, but keep in mind, it's their brand new bike. So they're going to feel really smooth out yeah. of the box. But so far, I like it. Yeah, it feels a little bit heavier, but I think that's a good thing. Yeah, we'll have to play with that. Maybe do the two, the regular assault bike and the assault bike bro, assault bike pro side by side yeah. and uh, see if there's a big difference. Yep. Um, how does that make you feel being a little less powerful, Carl? And I don't ask mm. that to be, to be a dickhead. I just, uh, no, it's <laughs> I'm good. curious. No, it's good. I mean, you know, if, uh, if I had to, if I had to like rate myself on like training qualities or physical capabilities, power would be one that I would rate lower than where it was five years ago. Yeah. Um, that's due to a lot of different things. The way that I train now, um, I'm getting older. <laughs> I know I don't look like it. I don't look like I'm 55, but I'm 55 now. Um, I'm just kidding. OPEX is really aged. <laughs> People are like super confused. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Um, no, but I'm getting older and uh, I'm just training differently. Yeah. So, you know, it's actually a good thing for me that I have less power. I feel better. Um, yeah, I'll leave it there. Yeah, it's just the way that I've been training and getting older. Yeah. So feel good about it, Georgia. Good. Thanks for asking. I'm me. glad. I'm glad. Again, I wasn't like asking it <laughs> no, I know, to, I know. to make you feel bad. I think it's important no, no. reflection um, on just how those numbers change, mm-hmm. not just from session to session in terms of readiness, but over the years as, you know, we age, as training changes and we go through different goals and priorities. So just not having, you know, an emotional attachment to a number being high just because and remembering that that number always exists in context of who you are yep. on a certain day in this, you know, grand old thing we call life. Yeah, we were on a cohort call yesterday and uh, Emma videoed the assessment stuff and I was showing that on the cohort call and I did get a couple uh, compliments that my butt looked really good. It looked big and good. So even though it doesn't have as much power, it's still there. The horsepower is still there. 
it's just not showing in the assault bike. Ugh. I just wanted to point out that my, my butt's looking good right now. <laughs> what CCP coaches were trying to pay you off to uh It actually get started it actually started with who would we who we would expect, Brandon Wilton. So it started yep. with him and then uh there was a couple others like I thought I was the only one that noticed that. I was <laughs> I was blushing. <laughs> Felt good. Oh, keep the all compliments those, coming in. All those banded glute bridges. That's it. Yeah, that's all you do in the gym, that's right? It. Donkey, donkey kicks, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hip abductions and banded glute bridges. That's all I do. It's well-rounded program design. Well-rounded program design for a well-rounded behind. Love it. That's, that's the new, name. That's, that's the name pro- of our new template. It's <laughs> <laughs> our new training program. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have any other reflections on uh, on my gain test, my assault bike test. Um, I don't know that it's like really all that relevant to to my training and and what i do to know what that number is uh it was interesting again to see it low based on readiness but is it something i'm going to test consistently maybe just for fun because it's like fun to get on that bike and crank it hard but Mm. i don't really care what my like you know max power is uh, at this point in my life yeah for people that are testing it on themselves or on on your clients just uh understand that context is key right it's like you know, when we say what are good and bad scores, it's like, yeah, it kind of depends on, on who your client is, but just understand why the number is what it is. So if it's a very low number relative to their body weight, um, and we say like the eight to 10 times body weight is pretty good. Um, if it's a low number relative to their body weight, just understand why, like what are their resistance numbers? And if those are low as well, it gives you like affirmation of like, okay, they're, they're just weak. Right. So I, I need to focus on um, strength or if it's like your case and it's like you test this thing over and over and over again and you notice like a 200 watt droppage think about what they did the day prior and what they're doing in that training session or what you've been doing in their training cycle in the weeks prior would you use it as like some kind of an indication for you know potentially someone needing a deload or a little little bit of a pullback for training uh yeah right there on the spot yeah. not globally though yeah. right yeah it's it's uh when we start to look at fatigue fatigue is just very complex and complicated um but you know right there on the spot it's a, it's a very good indicator of how tired someone is right there on the spot so um i think it is a a really good like direct assessment to say okay now we're going to do this because of that but i wouldn't like change a training program around or i wouldn't like you know put someone into like a two-week deload because of that one number but if you're testing this thing like you know religiously on monday wednesday friday and you have like all of this data and you notice you know over three weeks you're seeing this that's going maybe yeah go they may need to go into a deload but think about what you've been doing in training as well and how they feel ask them questions as well all right cool uh anything else to say on on gain peak watts all right Let's, let's get to pain. Let's get to the fun stuff. So our cyclical test was 60 seconds max cal on the assault bike. I did that about... Let's start with uh, row kettlebell swing burpee. Oh, I don't want to remember Just because it'll make more sense when we get to the cyclical. True, as to why yeah. we did what we did yeah. on the cyclical one. Yeah. Uh, stay yeah. tuned. <laughs> so row kettlebell swing burpee. Quick recap for those that haven't watched part one. If you haven't, go back to part one. But uh, three sets... 250 meter row, 15 kettlebell swings, 25 burpees, 15 kettlebell swings, 250 meter row, rest 12 minutes, three times through. Yep, 70, 53 for the the weight and American, American (sighs) kettlebell. Why are they called American kettlebell swings? I don't understand it. I don't know. 
well, maybe let's save that for a different conversation. Yeah. But they're American kettlebell swings, so that means all the way overhead. It's probably because it's kind of it's it's not a very smart movement. It's, it's so stupid. <laughs> it's kind of dumb. So, so the Russians were like, "Oh, those are fucking American kettlebell yeah, swings. Those guys, are not Russian kettlebell swings." You can have swings. them. You guys have them. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, you kind of hit the point where the power is dropped. You're just gonna pull it over your head some more because yeah. you can. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am pro-America, guys. Sorry, I don't want someone to get offended by the throw. <laughs> no. He hates America. <laughs> Just not not American kettlebell swings, especially in the context <laughs> of the lactic repeat test. Yeah. So we rolled into uh, OPEX HQ last Thursday to uh, do that one together. Bit of moral support. Make sure we, you know, have each other's backs, cheer each other on, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you went first, Carl. You, uh, you know... You stepped up to the plate and said, I'm going to go for it. So uh, talk us through your times. Um, yeah, my times were as expected. I think I actually nailed these. I said, I think I said like upper threes, I'd dip into the fours. Um, so I went 345, 345, 359, 415. So very similar to Trevor's actually. Yeah. I just beat him. Um, but yeah, very similar to how much of a percentage drop off is that between them? Do you know what like, the rough uh, math is? In yeah, your it was, gosh, I want to say six, five to six percent. Yeah, 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 and that's but like kind of where you want it to be, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolute scores weren't great though, right? So you know, anytime we look at degradation, we have to look at what the output was. Um, so I wouldn't look at those scores and be like perfect, right? Because I'd be like, if if I cared to like do really well on that test. I'd be like, okay, I don't even care what the degradation is because I have to get my absolute scores lower. So I would just focus on getting my absolute scores lower. Once I once first the first set is like 320 to 330, then I'm starting to think about what is my degradation. But if I'm going six minutes, 630, seven minutes, I'm not going to like high five myself because it's a 5% drop off because yeah. absolute scores are so high. Sure. Well, I um, first first round was 440. I got in under five minutes. Wasn't sure if I was going to or not, but I did. It really hurt. Those 12 minutes of rest, like, just flew by. Round two was an absolute shit show. <laughs> so, I, th- <laughs> yeah. Uh, Emma's I th- behind the camera with her hands over her face right now. You I guys know. can't see that. But uh, Emma was in the gym, and she couldn't look. She's like, what are you, what are you guys doing to yourselves? Emma. Emma's like our mom, so, like, concerned that we're going to hurt ourselves with our stupid, risky behavior. <laughs> And was like, this is not your ideal version of fitness. No, and it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't, yeah. guys. I, uh, the second set of kettlebell swings, I think I got 14 reps. It was and 14. I was like, shit, I've got to do one more. I put, I put the kettlebell down. I don't know why. I should have just done the damn thing. But it was really heavy Guys, in by that put moment. the kettlebell down, <laughs> she means she literally floated it from overhead. <laughs> and there's a massive hole in the ground that goes down like 16 meters. There is because not. <laughs> because she floated the kettlebell. <laughs> no damage was caused to the floor. I watched back the video because I felt really bad. And I did bring it down like below my shoulders before I dropped oh, okay. it. Still well, a long way to drop it. It sounded like she threw it to a wall ball target. <laughs> and just let it fall. <laughs> but that was that was on 15. That was my last rep. I freaking, I don't know why I stopped. But I was like, I just can't do this anymore. <laughs> Had to pick the kettlebell up, but like psyched myself out. Like that kettlebell felt like it was 300 pounds in that moment. A one rep max kettlebell. That's swing. how it felt. Uh, it really did, Carl. And you're like, I remember you yelling, like, use your hips. Like, you know, hinge at the hips. Because it was all quads. Yeah. But I just couldn't make myself. <laughs> like my body did not want to bend over. It was mm-hmm. like, nope, you're not doing that. 
I got my 15th after like psyching myself out for like 15 seconds or so. But that, yeah, that second effort was 5.33, I think. So a huge drop off from set one to set two. That's like 53 seconds uh, slower. I don't know what percentage it is, but way more than five to 6%. Yeah, it's like that was in the critical drop off realm. It definitely yeah. was. Yeah. Um, went went to do my third set like on the rower 10 seconds before i was like okay i'm just gonna have to do this thing i'm gonna have to fraction my kettlebell swing so i don't <laughs> leave a hole in the floor and carl was like you know you don't have to do it you can stop and i thought you were just riling me up and trying to get a reaction from <laughs> no, me I wasn't. <laughs> but i i didn't do it i uh did, did not finish that one left the third set out the only thing i would have gotten out of doing that third set was suffering and saying mm. that i finished it it's obvious that i cannot use lactate and buffer buffer it for my system um from that drop off from one to two and set number three wouldn't have told us anything differently right mm -hmm. yeah i think that's a it's a good learning opportunity though right it's like if if you if you're coaching someone on the floor out there and you saw that what would you do absolutely from, tell them to stop you would say stop right mm -hmm. so yeah i mean when you start to see like when we have a test let's use this test because we're talking about it mm -hmm. but we have this lactic repeat test and the intention of this test is to go as hard as possible and to get the best time possible every single set. Once you see someone is not capable of going hard anymore, right? And hard is relative, right? But once you see that they have to fraction things, put it down and they're suffer like really suffering to a point where they can hurt themselves, you got to just wrap it up, like just stop. You're not going to get anything from that. It's like, what would your third set have been? Probably six minutes, right? It's like, what would that have told us? We, we would have had this conversation. You'd be like, I just didn't have it in me, so I just had to finish. That was all in my – that was the only thing that was in my head. Just I just have to finish it, fraction it. And it's like, okay, so we didn't really test what we intended on testing, but you had to finish it because it was on the board, right? It's like that would be – that would just be a stupid thing to do. So um, I think we have to look at that and uh, be okay with – pivoting what the plan was with uh with ourselves and our clients it's like just because it's written down doesn't mean that we have to do it you know what i mean like if you see critical drop off stop because nothing good is going to come from that you already assessed what you needed to assess weren't able to recover and do it again there's no reason to do it for another set or two yeah and i think it really speaks to the value of having a coach in that moment like you're not my coach carl but you are a coach and you're a coach that i respect a lot if I were in that gym by myself, I probably would have just done it, mm -hmm. done it really slowly, gotten nothing out of it just to say, I did it, even though I know better, right? Yeah. We know better as coaches. We still do stupid things sometimes. Yeah. But having you there to say, you know, it's okay. You don't have to do it. You're not going to get anything from doing it. Stop. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> fine, I'll stop, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was like a 10-second conversation that, like, did this real quick. It was like, you don't have to do it. And you're like, oh, no, I'm good. It's like, Georgia, don't do it. You're not, you're not doing it. It's not happening. <laughs> so it happened like it was 10 seconds, but it happened. It escalated yeah. very quickly. I but thought me saying you didn't have to do it, but you would just like be like, okay, cool. Like, good idea. Let me step off. But she was strapping in still. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just like, hey, Georgia, like, don't, you're not doing it. Stop doing this. No. Well, that's because when someone challenges me to do yeah. something, that's when I want to do it. Like, yeah, that's yeah. how I respond. So, yeah. uh, wasn't a challenge. I, wasn't a challenge. I've got that now. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely got that now, but that will always be my first reaction mm -hmm. in those moments. Um, yeah. Just, uh, um, gosh, that thing was, ugh, that was icky. It was so icky. Yeah. Why did we do that? Yeah. Like, uh, 
you know, I finished and it hurt, right? Like if, if I were to say, what was my effort level, I would put it at 95%. I didn't go a hundred percent. Um, and it's not because I, you know, intentionally wanted to sandbag or like, I just didn't want to, right? Like I didn't have, not, not that I didn't want to, I, I couldn't, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I just couldn't go 100% because I didn't want to enough, I think, right? Um, so, you know, once you start getting into that realm of like any type of strategy happening, you're not attacking the test properly, right? Like when I first started rowing, I was at like 132, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to hold 132 instead of saying like, let me push the limits a little bit, get this thing sub 130 and then kind of catch my bearings as I transition from this to the kettlebell. Kettlebell swings, got to the kettlebell, went as fast as I could. I didn't fraction, couldn't have gone any faster on those. Got to the burpees. My first set, my burpee tempo was, let's call it at 90%. Um, Then finished at the same like 132 on the rower. Second set, like everything just started getting a little bit slower, right? I was like at 135 now on the rower. Um, Kettlebell swing was the same cadence. Burpee went from 90% to 85%, and I saw that in time. That's where I lost time, really, was the burpee um, as well as the six seconds on the rower uh, overall. And then the third set, I didn't attack it like, okay, this is the last set. I have to go 100%. I attacked it like, I'm just going to hang. I'm going to survive this, right? Like, I'm not going to be on the floor for an hour after this thing. Um, So I didn't attack it at 100%. um, And... The reason being is because it wasn't like worth it to me. You know what I mean? Because I, I know how that feels. And I think my body automatically or my mind automatically was like, you're not, you're not going to push it to this point. And even going at that 95%, like that it was tough. Like it hurt. Like I didn't sandbag it, but it hurt. And immediately realized like, why the fuck did I ever do this to myself? Like really, like I had those thoughts. Even that day I had those thoughts. I was like, that is, it's not worth it, right? It's not worth it. I get it. Like when I used to compete and I used to do it, um, to win, right? Like it made sense to me. Um, but now where it's like, yeah, that's just like fitness is so far away from that for me right now to get put in that scenario and to do that reaffirms like what I need to be doing in the gym and what I do not need to be doing in the gym. Because I told you, I think that that evening, like, I felt like I lost years off of my life that day. Like, legit, like, just the way I felt throughout the day. I had, like, this thing in my chest, and I felt foggy, and, like, I just wasn't as productive that day. Um, so that made me, like, I, we, we know that, right? Like, we know, you know, doing pain work isn't good, isn't healthy, but I hadn't done that type of work in so long where I kind of became numb to what it felt like. To, so to just have it in my face and to like feel the effects for the rest of the day, I was like, this is just stupid. This is really, really stupid. So I think it just reaffirmed the, the idea that was already baked inside of my mind of like, yeah, no one needs to do this work unless they're getting paid for it. That's it. Like not even, not even the old me of like, I want to do this to win. It's like, you better be getting paid for this, right? Because it's making you less healthy. If you're a male, it's taking testosterone away from you. It's likely lowering the the amount of years that you're going to live. So it's like, you better be getting something out of this. 
And if it's just like happiness, like maybe that's cool for some people. But in my mind, it's like you better be making a living doing this thing. This thing better be paying you. You better not be just be doing this for fun. Totally. I mean, I felt like on the floor, I was thinking to myself about all the things I wasn't going to do at the level I wanted to do them throughout that day (laughs) and for probably the couple days after because of doing that, right? Like it just takes away from so many other areas, your ability to be sharp uh, at work. I wanted to go to jujitsu that evening and I had a terrible time there because I felt so rubbish from that morning. Uh, that morning I think I said to you like it feels like this day has been going on forever when Mm -hmm. I saw you that evening like just weird like time warp brain foggy kind of uh, day digestion like just a little bit off yeah I uh I don't think I'll ever do that again um I don't think I will either you never know I mean there might be something that happens and I'm like I go down that road again but I don't I don't think so yeah I don't wasn't enjoyable for me at all no yeah I'll stick to my intense work will be intense aerobic work mm-hmm. that I feel good after mm-hmm. about 30 minutes after. Um, but yeah, that's, that was, that was a bit much. Yeah, Definitely. Was a bit much. Definitely. Well, uh, how did that influence your decision going into the cyclical pain test, which was a 60 seconds max cows? Um, it made me say, fuck that. I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. I decided not to do it. Um, just for that reason. Um, you know, I just, I just look back at, you know, the way that it made me feel and, the way that my week was set up and things I had to get done. And it was just like, ah, no, I'm good. I think it'd be beneficial for me to jump on and talk about why I did, why I decided to not do it. Um, so I don't feel like me by me not doing it, let anyone down or anything like that. No one was really looking forward to that. But, um, for me, it was just like, yeah, just do the responsible thing and, and just, just pass on it because that's a test that, that would mess me up more than lactic repeat actually. Um, and that's a test that I've gone like, you know, I've pushed like 60 calories on that in 60 seconds and has ruined me. I know we talked about it last week, but it like ruined like days on end how I felt. So I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I, I did it this morning uh, right after doing my peak watts. In part, I was like, I know I'm tired, so it's not going to be a great effort anyway. And also my power is just like so much lower than yours, Carl. Um, I knew it will probably make me feel like not great for 30 minutes after. I had like a little bit of a headache afterwards, you know, just felt a little off. I feel completely fine now just because I think I got 26 cows in the minute. Just not that great an effort. And uh, because of that, it didn't mess me up too much. Why'd you do it? Just because I said I was going to. Okay. I was curious, you know, like right. we talked about it and I knew the consequences would not be that bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, we, did t- we did talk about that. And yeah, it just, I didn't think that, tr- that there was going to be any like massive negative outcome. If it was another piece, like the lactic repeats where it was an endurance effort, you had to do it multiple times. I could have dropped a kettlebell on my head. I would have said <laughs> no for sure. <laughs> but the 60 seconds on the assault bike was fine. It was like 15 seconds. I'd done peak watts right before, so I like couldn't push myself to where I went for peak watts. It was not all out from the start. I think I started around like 900 watts mm-hmm. or something for the first 15 seconds. I think my body held me back a little bit, knowing it was going to be 60 seconds and knowing what I could do for you know that kind of 10, 12 seconds on the peak watts. 15 seconds around that like 900 mark, 15 to 30 started to drop, starting to feel really uncomfortable. And the last like 25 seconds was such a slog. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, just felt like I was pedaling through cement. Could not have 
done anything more at the end there. What was the what was the limiter physically? It just like couldn't go. Like I just it wasn't my legs, it wasn't my lungs or anything like that. I just literally had no strength in my body <laughs> left. Hmm. I had nothing to give. Does well, that does that make sense? Uh, yeah, a little bit. But usually when we start to feel that um when we start to feel like that going through mud feeling, yeah. Usually it's a combination of like um, our bodies feeling like they can't get blood out of the periphery, right? So was it like, did you feel anything local in your legs or arms or was it just like you just stopped? I just like, stopped. Okay. I, after I did, like I got off the bike, lay down, quads locked up mm-hmm. right after. But in those last like 25 seconds or so, I just felt like I had nothing. Yeah. Like just no, nothing to put in the bike. It doesn't matter what you told me. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to do anything more. Yeah, it sounds like there's some nervous system stuff happening mm-hmm. there. Because um, if it was if it was a physical limitation, you would have felt it, yeah. right? Like you would have felt, you know, the legs feeling like they're this big mm-hmm. and they were just going to explode and yeah. the lungs feeling like they're going to come out of your chest. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe because you didn't push to the wattage you would have pushed otherwise if you were fresh, maybe you couldn't get there, but it was like your nervous system holding you back and just essentially telling you like, Hey, like, I just can't do this anymore. Um, but that's interesting. Yeah. I'm tired. Like I said, I'm tired today as well. So highly likely that that is the case. Yeah. And I've been there before and I don't want to go there again. So realistically, Based on last week. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're probably under the hood. You're probably older than me right now as we sit here. I'm an old soul, Carl. Just saying. Doesn't, doesn't surprise me. Physiologically, George is <laughs> 45. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you, didn't you get told that you had like the most uh, healthy and pliable uh, muscles of anyone ever? <laughs> Something like that. I did, I, yeah. Um, yeah, a massage therapist told me that. It was like two weeks ago. I was like, well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and that massage, no, I won't even, I won't even get into that. <laughs> Sounds like there's going to be another story. Yeah, there's, there's, not. there's another story. There, there, uh, there's there's another side to the story, but yes. there's not another story. No, no, nothing, nothing. Uh, nothing happened with that <laughs> massage therapist. <laughs> that went nowhere. <laughs> okay, let's let's move on from pain because I really just want to like leave that whole experience <laughs> behind and and not dwell on it anymore. I think it's safe to say that neither of us are going to be assessing or doing any pain training uh, in the near future. Yeah, but that's why we want coaches to experience it. Imagine if we never experienced how that True. felt and we saw shit on Instagram of people doing really hard work mm-hmm. and we were coaches and we gave that to our clients because we saw it. So that's why it's really important to understand what this stuff feels like. Because if you know that your client doesn't have any competitive aspirations and you think about doing row cutabell swing burpee with them, yeah. you're going to think about how that felt and you're going to be like, fuck no. Like there's no reason I would take that person through that. You know what I mean? But if you don't know how that feels, you might just be like, okay, let me type that in. You know what I mean? So it's important to understand how it feels, not just the principles around why to do it and not, and why not to do it. Yeah. So I think it's important to understand for coaches watching. Yeah, definitely. If you haven't done 60 second assault bike and you're thinking about giving it to one of your clients, go do that right now. Pause, uh, pause the YouTube. You do it yourself. Don't give it to your clients. Yes. It sounded like you were telling them to <laughs> no, give it. No, don't. George is like, if you're thinking about giving it to your clients, go do that. <laughs> <laughs> go do the test yourself. Yes. Uh, yes let's yes. move on to something that makes me like feel way better about life. Um, 5K row. Uh, yeah. So a cyclical aerobic test. I think we both did this on – did we both do it on Friday? 
I did it on yeah, Friday. Yeah, I did it on Friday. I did it the day after. Lactic uh, repeat. Yep. Probably not ideal in practice, like going no. back to back. No, you should. We should have definitely, you know, if, if we wanted, if we wanted output to be at one hundred percent and not ninety eight percent, we should have just completely rested the next day. Maybe done some map ten stuff. Uh, you know, easy aerobic work, walks, stuff like that. Maybe some blood flow. Um, but yeah, which it best practice don't do that after a tough bout like like we like we experienced on Thursday yeah but again like life I didn't want my life to stop to do these damn assessments and I knew <laughs> I wanted to go and roll uh, on Saturday mm-hmm. so I couldn't do it on Saturday so yeah and I, I knew I was going Friday. I knew I was gonna approach the 5k at like a an incremental uh, let's call it 90 percent all the way up to 95 percent and never push aerobic threshold Um and that, that's not because, I again, I wanted to sandbag it. I just knew that was the way that I wanted to approach this test to get, like, a, a little bit of a feel around where I sat. Um, because when we do 5Ks, like row, run, whatever it is, and we put we actually push aerobic threshold the entire time, that shit is brutal, right? Like, even in, even in testing, we have to be very specific when we test stuff like this with our clients as well because we want to tell them the intention on why we're testing it. There's a difference in I want to know your maximum potential in this test versus I just want to understand where you're at-ish, right? So instead of just saying 5K time trial, you have to give some context behind that because pushing aerobic threshold for 18 to 25 minutes wherever your client sits is that's that's an experience right like all the stuff that we just talked about with um lactic repeats very similar when we hold when we push aerobic threshold for that amount of time just as tough to recover from that stuff not good not healthy so just because it's an aerobic test doesn't mean that it's a healthy test for everyone to do at capacity so for context that's why i wanted to do you know a 90 to 95 percent just to get an idea of where i sat could I knock off a couple of seconds? Of course, but I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah. So what what were your splits roughly, and what was your end time? Uh, end time was end time was eighteen fifty six. Yeah, eighteen fifty six. So, um, I held. I like pace number. So what I did was I increased pace every five minutes. So I started at. Gosh, I don't even remember what my pace was when I started. It was like 150, I want to say like 152, 153 or something like that. And then I just took a couple seconds off every five minutes. And then usually the way I would approach these types of tests is like the last two minutes-ish, I would just like go. Just like Mm -hmm. close my eyes and go and hope that I don't run out of juice before 30 seconds comes. Um, But I didn't do it that way. I kind of just incrementally inside of that last two minutes picked up pace so it was like every 30 seconds i like took away um uh time per 500 meters one second per 500 meters and then i ended and it was like that was like if i if i approached it and the you know i want to push aerobic threshold the entire time i could have probably came in at just under 1850 but not much better like i wouldn't have been like 1845 or under so that was very close to what my capabilities are right now yeah i i went incremental as well like very similar um approach there i think every thousand meters i got a little bit faster Uh, i finished at 2209 which was 
PR for me, um, which is which is nice. I haven't tested it in a couple of years, 5K row, but it was better than uh, last time. I started at my like previous, you know, 5K time knowing that I felt like I was going to be a little bit better. You know, I, mm-hmm. I just feel more aerobic than I did at that point in my life. I'm doing a lot more aerobic training. So I think I started around 215, held that super comfortably for the first thousand meters, took a couple seconds off um, for the 4,000 meters after that, the last thousand meter block every 250 meters. Mm-hmm. I went like a little hotter, a little hotter, a little hotter and just yep. sent it on the last 250. But I felt good. Like I really didn't, my butt was a little sore, yep. 5K row, but uh, I actually enjoyed the process. You know, yeah. it felt like a, a bit of a game and an experiment taking an inter- incremental approach like that. I felt like I was learning something about myself throughout those 22 minutes and finished at the end took a couple minutes to kind of catch my breath uh, and, you know, spun on the bike for 15 yep. minutes, but felt good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I always like to look at longer tests like this because um, I would say relatively this this test is longer um, based on what a lot of people do. Um, I'd put it in like three categories where it's like cat- like three categories and how to improve this test. So category number one would be just volume. Like you have the the avatar that just needs to spend more time on the rower and their 5K will get better. Then you have avatar number two, which you have to look at comfortability, where it's like they just have to be a little bit more comfortable going a little bit faster on the rower. So that's when we start to look at that like typical, uh, we, we split them into, into quarters and we do race pace stuff and we don't even have to increase race pace. We just make them more comfortable somewhere around their race pace. And like, let's say avatar number one comes in at 25 minutes on their first 5k, just give them more volume and they'll get better. Avatar number two comes in at like 20 to 20 to 23 minutes. And it's like, they just need to get comfortable at their race pace. And then you start to get your sub 20 avatars and those avatars fall into that intensity um, bucket that I would put them in where it's like, they need to get comfortable way under their race pace to actually get better because we talked about it a little bit um, earlier in the week when we start getting into people that have like 16 17 18 minute 5ks that's just moving right and then we talked about 16 minutes it's like very few people in the world can do a 16 minute 5k right like that is unbelievable for someone to be able to hold on for that so that person you wouldn't give them you wouldn't give them just like a bunch of volume on the rower and expect them to get better at the 5K. So just I think if, if people could just understand that framework a little bit and understand um, where their clients sit inside of that, I think that'll create a lot of clarity on how do you get someone's 5K better? Because we hear that question all the time. It's like, how do I improve 5K? Do I just like, do I do the quarter method and go at race pace for everyone? And it's like, well, yeah, that would work for everyone except for like your 16, 16 minute or, but um, maybe they just need more time on the rower. So I think we get too cute and too specific with people that have like 26 minute 5Ks. It's like just row every Thursday with that person and retest it in four weeks and they'll get better. <laughs> so I think that's just for context and like where this test is beneficial and not and and all of that, I think that that uh, that could help some people. Yeah, I mean, it's not all that different to thinking about resistance training for people who are beginners to more advanced mm-hmm. and, you know, what people need on the front end with, you know, good full body resistance, exposure to all the movement patterns on a regular basis uh, versus what they need when they become more advanced and yep. need more specific work. They're going to need to go through accumulation, intensification and, you know, just change it up a little mm-hmm. bit. 
um, with the with the five k row, I had a question. I'm completely blanking on what it was what it was going to be, Carl. What was I going to ask you? Probably something around why my score was why so it was good. so fast. Yeah, why? So yeah. Tired, that must have been. Oh, here, here's what it was. Um, so for that 60 minute uh person, are you talking like tougher aerobic work, or are you talking like actually doing some anaerobic training on the rower with them? Uh oh, the 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah some anaerobic stuff, yeah. right? Because yeah, they're pushing, they're pushing threshold. Like their aerobic threshold is, is so much higher and so much physiologically demanding than the 22 minuters where it's like yeah they're gonna have to push into that anaerobic training and they have to understand how to fight through that stuff because there's very little difference for that person because they're so good that is like there there's some there's a lot of anaerobic characteristics that would that that's happening inside of their system when they're going through that test versus someone that's 22 and they're like do 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 gonna approach this incrementally and i'm gonna walk away and feel good after it it's like that 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 person that's coming in sub sixteen isn't isn't approaching it that way. No, I would much prefer the do 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 approach. <laughs> yeah, that no. person's heart is like this, and it never stops. Well, right? let's hope they're getting paid for that five k or something. Man, uh, I, yeah, there's some impressive. Uh, if you just if you just, if you're bored and you want to look at like world record, just watching like world record two k's, five k's, that stuff is crazy. You look at like you know people in functional fitness and like what what they would deem as you know really good scores and two and five k's and these people like these professional rowers just put them to shame you're just like how is it possible to hold a 118 on a rower for 60 minutes like there's people that can do that it's crazy it's it's astounding i remember always being super impressed we have this guy who regularly dropped in at my old crossfit gym Uh, he was german and he'd come to visit i can't remember if it was like for work or what but he was a pro rower or former pro rower and just looking at him on the rower versus every single other person in that gym, even the fittest people in the gym, it was like night and day. Yeah, like just yeah, not no even competition. <laughs> not even close. It's like I keep talking about Tom Brady. It's like Tom Brady coming in here and like me thinking like, yeah, I have a pretty good arm. And then like Tom Brady coming next to me and throwing the football. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it, man. I get it. <laughs> yeah. All right, last test, uh, our 18-minute AMRAP. So mixed modal, sustained pace. Uh, 18 minutes, as many rounds as possible of 15 box jump step down, 12 shoulder to overhead at 115.75, and then nine toaster bar. How'd you go? Uh, 363. 363. So 10 plus 3. 267. So 7 plus 15. Yeah, this one, uh, that was a good one. Yeah. That was a good one. This is one that I used to be a lot better at. <laughs> I used to always be uh, easily 11 plus rounds on this. Um, but not not this week. How yeah, come? This week. Why why are you less good? Um. Well. <laughs> Another of those questions. I'm more refined. I'm not less good. I'm more well rounded now. Okay. No. Um. I'm less good because I we mentioned it when we did it on Sunday with James. Um. But I haven't done a lot of shoulder overhead in in those in those scenarios with a barbell. Like I I do a lot of like kettlebell dumbbell mm-hmm. stuff. Um. And a, with inside of like aerobic pieces, but not a lot of shoulder overhead with a barbell. And when I started, I knew it. I knew it right away. Uh, like warming up for it, just like getting loose, I was like, yeah, it feels really good. It's light. It's 115. But when you start to add up the reps, right, what was it, 120, 120 reps that I did? Um, yeah, it, it added up really quick. And, you know, after round like 
two or three, I, I was just like, okay, I need to take a, I fractioned them the same across the entire test, but the time that I took from going to the, to the barbell from the box jumps and then going back to the barbell after rep six, cause I went six, six across, um, that time just did this over, over the, the length of, of the test. And, uh, yeah, it was just limitations in uh, shoulder overhead, toe to bar. I could have gone unbroken for many more sets, box jump step downs. I could have done a lot more reps. It was just the it was just the shoulder overhead. Yeah, I uh, I've my toe to bar suck uh, is is the whoa, reality. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They, they have they room. They have room for improvement. They, they do have room for improvement, but they have improved since uh, I lost worked on toe to bar in a mixed modal setting. Um, I've been going through skill progression for them, just isolated every Saturday. Nice little aim on the toes to bar, building volume over the last however many weeks. And I think it's paid off. I uh, felt a lot more comfortable in that environment, doing it with the shoulder to overhead and the box jump. Um, so it really does speak to the merit of working on skills in mm-hmm. isolation before you try and put them in a mixed modal setting. But uh, I really wasn't confident yet. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to test them. I need to spend some time now putting them together with other movements, putting them together with breathing. Because in that setting, I was like, hmm, when my heart rate gets up or my shoulders get a little fatigued, are they going to fall apart? Like, mm-hmm. I really didn't know. So I took quite a slow and easy approach going in, steady on the box jumps. I think like eight and four on the shoulder to overhead because I didn't know how that was going to affect the toe to bar six and three every single set on the toe to bar and uh that felt fine i was able to sustain it throughout my rounds got a little faster towards the end as i realized i was okay i wasn't going to fall apart but i just didn't have confidence going in so i didn't know what to expect yeah 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 you did well uh your toe to bar were a lot better than you had a piece a couple months ago where your toe to bar just totally fell apart we did that um chipper? oh the bottle the, the bottleneck bottle yeah right yeah i like how you drew it with your hands <laughs> that's, it's what it is right <laughs> i was like yeah i know what that is <laughs> yeah that was good um yeah but they got a lot better um yeah this is so this is 12.3 mm-hmm. uh crossfit open 12.3 same test mm-hmm. um i've been saying that it was push press but it's not in 12.3 they labeled it a push press but you could it was a shoulder overhead. You could Got do a push it. jerk. I don't okay. know why they did that. I don't know why they called it push press. Confusing, um, guys. So, sorry. I misspoke last week. I don't even think you guys watched us last week. Um, Look at that but, side eye. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is this is an interesting test. Like, imagine if we were doing the Open, fuck, tomorrow, right? It, it kicks off tomorrow. Imagine if we were doing the Open tomorrow and we just had this the feedback that we just gave each other. We wouldn't be ready for it, right? So, this is a great test to take clients through. Like months ago, right? Like two months ago, take your client through this and see what the limitations are, um, because this is just such classic CrossFit, where it's like something like this will likely pop up again, right? Um, especially this year, <laughs> with limited equipment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is this is a test that gives great insight into you know how fit someone is, how how capable are they of making these very simple movements, um, aerobic across a longer period of time, eighteen minutes, like we talked about. It doesn't go by like that, right? Like 18 minutes is, is a long time for constant contraction. If there was a 15-calorie row somewhere in there, 18 minutes would fly by because you have that opportunity to like, okay, catch your breath, you know, compose. But when it's contraction, contraction, contraction all the way for 18 minutes, 
like you can't hide from it. You can hide from it for maybe half that time, but once you get over 10 minutes for most people, you're like, oh, okay, now I'm feeling something here. So yeah, take your clients through this and, uh, and, and ask them questions, ask them what the limitations were and fix those limitations if they're athletes and they're, they're doing the open. Yeah, I thought it was enjoyable. I mean, it really doesn't connect to what I need to do in training, uh, but I really enjoy mixed modal training. I think it's fun. I've enjoyed working on Toto Bar. It's just been entertaining for me yep. and, and something to progress. So I'll probably do that again in six months or so mm-hmm. once I've built some more volume in mixed settings uh, of Toto Bar and see see if there's any changes. Yeah, I didn't think it was enjoyable because I didn't – I wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, so um, – if I was prepared for it, I, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah. But I didn't feel like I was prepared for that volume of yeah. shoulder overhead. Um, and I think a good assessment for people that write their own training program is, would you put that into your Saturday session? And for me, I'd be like, oh, fuck no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd put like either something in there as like a, a cyclical piece to break it up, or I would use I would go like single arm on the uh, dumbbell shoulder overhead or something like that. But um, yeah, I wouldn't put that into my Saturday session. So, um, I, I probably won't <laughs> like work on it to get better. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to get better at shoulder overhead using barbells and, and that kind of setting. But I think if I was ready for that one movement and had built the volume and felt comfortable with it, I, I would have really enjoyed Like I've historically, I love that test. This was the first time I've ever done it where I was like, Ugh, I did not like that at mm. all. And it was because I felt like I had no flow, right? Yeah. So, just, don't yeah. Like, just don't like doing things I'm not good at. Well, that's Georgia. fair enough. That's fair enough. I knew I wasn't going to be great at it, but I was excited for to, to see what came of it, you know? I was uh, excited for the feedback that I get from the numbers mm-hmm. and from the experience. Yeah. And I got, I got something out of it, so mm-hmm. I'm glad we did that one. Where did James go? He, I think he got me one round, so like eight plus something. Okay. I think... Sorry if that's wrong, James. Okay. Does that sound right to you? I think so. Yeah, I think that's... I think that is right. Yeah. Because I thought he was one round behind me, but he was two. Because we talked about it after. Because I was like, did you miscount? Because I thought Mm -hmm. you were just like right on my tail on that. Like I lapped him once, but I don't think I lapped him twice. But I guess I did. There we go. Got to just sneak that one in there. No. Love you twice, James. No, I thought I thought I don't – like, we have to – we don't have video, but if we could look back at the video, I think he uh, did better than he thought he did on that. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. Yep. All right. Those, so those were our five energy systems assessments. Any um, Anything you want to reflect on in closing to feel complete and wrap up your experience? Um, <laughs> <laughs> a, a wave of emotions. No. Um, yeah, for me – Throughout the, the last week, I've also been doing resistance um, FMEs as well. Mm. Um, so we started on that Saturday with the bench press, um, or the Sunday, that Sunday with the bench press, and then I did a bunch of FMEs, uh, resistance FMEs uh, during this time just to kind of check in on those and see where I was at. Um, but it was good. It was, uh, you know, it made me realize a lot of things, right? Um, specifically, what it confirmed why I do what I do in my own training and it confirmed why I don't do what I don't do in my own training. Um, no pivots, nothing that I'm going to change based on that. Um, it's just a, it was good. It was good to check in. I probably won't check in on a couple of those ever again, but it was good to check in. 
Is there any energy systems assessments that you have that are like your go-tos that come up regularly in your own training? By regularly, I mean, you know, every year maybe. Um, actually, no, no. And, and the reason is because I don't, gosh, I don't, it's, it's just not a part of what I do, right? It's like I'm, I'm not connected to getting better really at anything specifically, more just uh, just feeling better and, and having really good rhythm and enjoying what I'm doing in training and, and ensuring that I'm giving myself things that I'm capable of. Um, but like gun to my head, I would say that one test that I absolutely love is constant variance, and we did that a couple of weeks ago with me, you, and James. Um, that's one test that I'll sprinkle in uh, probably once a year. I did it last year, or sorry, I did it two years ago. Uh, just did it now. Um, I just, I just really enjoy that test. Just, just for fun, or is there any insight it gives you that you? Enjoy? Um, yeah, it gives me a lot of insight because the way that my training has been over the past couple of years is very similar to that, right? Like very, very low in intensity, uh, very high turnover. Um, I do a decent amount of mixed map work, um, just because I really enjoy it. I don't, I, I, I enjoy the challenge. I enjoy, um, you know, the contractions inside of it. Um, I do a lot less resistance training these days, uh, but it's it is it's essentially a reflection of what my training looks like. So for me, it's a good check in just to see like, are you getting worse? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because if I'm doing like all of this mixed map work and that and I'm getting worse at that test because of what my training looks like, I'd have to look back at it like, oh, okay, why am I getting worse at that? You know, is it the movements inside of that? It's like, no, because I regularly do all of those movements inside of that test. Um, is it the, you know, the the map type, right? So in that three to four minute range, it's like, you know, for me now, and when we tested it, I was like training in that range. So it was like a perfect time for me to test that. Um, if I was in like map nine or map eight, it's like, yeah, I probably wouldn't have done as well because my gears aren't as like, refined there I would have done done okay still right because I've done a lot of that type of work in the past but I would have probably taken like three to five seconds off of every of every set so back to your question uh probably just that one regularly and then uh cyclically I'd 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 do the 10 minute assault bike test um because that's a good test of emotional and physical resilience as well as just aerobic power on the assault bike yeah i of course, that one has featured uh, over the years many times for me as well. I don't really have a go-to right now, and I'm kind of thinking about that, um, especially as I have the intention of getting back into competing for BJJ mm -hmm. uh, over the coming years, whenever there are competitions to compete at again, tournaments yeah. uh, coming back to Phoenix, and like figuring out what are the you know assessments or KBIs that are actually going to be relevant for that, and I don't know the answer to that. There is no answer to it there. I mean, you'll have different camps that have their thing, right? But their thing has to be looking at what's the one test or the few tests that can give us the greatest amount of insights into your aerobic ability physiologically, not, you know, in constant variance, not on a rower, not on a bike, but like, what's the best test. And historically, we've always gone back to VO2 max as like the, the thing, right? And then we talk about, okay, how are you testing VO2 max? Are you running? Are you on a rower? Are you on a bike? So there is no one thing. Um, you know, I would just look at for you and understanding where energy systems need to be in BJJ. You always have to look at where your pitfalls on the mat, 
right? If you notice that you're not good somewhere on the mat, how can you take that characteristic and like put it into the gym, train it and test it and to understand like when this one test gets better, that feeling goes away. That's what, that's what athletes have to do. Yeah. Right. Like we can't get so connected to, you know, these energy systems tests on their own, you know, in a bucket over here, because a lot of the time they don't directly translate to this thing on the mat or on the field. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks, I think, we right? Um, for like field sports and mm-hmm. let's just call it like athletes and other things outside of fitness and how we can take some of our ideas and, and sprinkle sprinkle them in over there. But the reality is you just have to see what works, right? Like what gets rid of that feeling of like, uh, I'm not that good when it comes to this, right? Like when I'm 90 seconds in and I'm rolling and I have like this feeling in my chest I don't like, like how do I get fitter to avoid that? Yeah, it's not getting fitter right now for me. It's technique for <laughs> yeah. sure. It's the yeah. reality, you know, blue belt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not you know, that far into my uh, BJJ journey relative to how far into my fitness journey I am. Yeah. And it's never aerobic ability or strength that goes. It's always technique. Mm-hmm. So that's where time needs to be spent. There's your answer. You don't need an energy system test for BJJ. No, probably not. No, yeah, you really don't. I think we want we want to create one because we're fitness coaches, mm-hmm. but the reality is we don't need it. Yeah. All right, so uh, wrapping up, when coaches are thinking about energy system assessment and what they should be putting in place for their clients, what they're going to take from these five assessments or you know, from the fitness monitoring exercises that are inside of CCP, how do they decide what the right one is? Yeah, I think um, it, it always does go back to what are you trying to assess specifically? And I know I just kind of like sprinkled it in there a little bit, but are you trying to test someone's work capacity specifically? If you're trying to test their work, work capacity, understand why you're trying to test their work capacity. And if you have a why, usually it's because they're competing in something or they're getting ready to compete in something. Um, so make that energy systems test the thing that they're going to compete in or as close as possible to the thing they're going to compete in. So that's if it's work capacity. If it's you know mental or physical resilience when it comes to the, when, the, when the going gets tough, it's like, keep it really simple. Use something like the 10-minute assault bike. And that's why we love that. Like, that thing shows so many things. But I think a lot of coaches look at the 10-minute assault bike and they say, okay, I'm going to use this test to test just work capacity. And they don't see the other things that are happening. For instance, you know, let's say we're, we're standing on the gym floor right now. And I'm like, hey, Georgia, we're now going to test 10 minutes max calories on the assault bike. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I would start to look at like your reaction to that. So it's like, okay, in my brain, I just assessed her want to do hard work and it's not there, right? So, okay, how does that connect to the program design? I'm not going to push her over the ledge very often because I know that's not what she wants. She does it. I'm like, hey, Georgia, but this is a part of the thing. It's like the OPEX methodology. You got to do it. She's like, okay, she does it. She gets on there and she's like sandbagging it. Right. It's like, okay, she's I'm like reaffirming the my thought initially that she doesn't enjoy this. She doesn't want to do it. She's just doing it to do it versus if you really went after that thing, you finished. And then when you finished, you you're like that you're on the ground and you're like, that was awesome. In my head, I'm like, she, she enjoys being challenged physically, right? Like metabolically versus you're on the ground. You're like, I'm never doing that again. Like us after the lactic repeats, yep. I'd be like, okay, maybe I don't need to push her you know, um, uh, you know, aerobically or anaerobically, anything like that, because it's not connected to her goals and she doesn't enjoy it. 
And then, so that's like the emotional stuff. And then on the physical side, it's like, what's the difference between how you attack it? What happens at the seven and a half minute mark when your legs are burning and your lungs are like coming out of your chest? It's like, how do you respond to that? Do you drop five RPM and finish sustainably to survive? Or do you try to hold it? RPE is going up, RPM is staying the same, and you're just like fighting through that thing, right? Like that tells us a lot about someone. So understand what you're trying to assess and use an appropriate test to assess it. But for a lot of people, we don't have to, we don't have to get too fancy. And that's why I'm just going to say, just use the 10 minute assault bike and you can get a lot, you can get a lot of data from that outside of just how many calories, um, how many calories they put out and what their average RPM was. Yeah. So it's not just the numbers that matter um, in assessing energy systems. It's also making sure where possible you're with your client in that moment, or at least you're getting a really great video of it. So you can see what's going on in their Mm -hmm. face and uh, everything else that happens during that 10 minutes. Yeah. And when we start talking about, you know, assessing energy systems for general population people, right. It's like the, the most powerful assessment is, or the most powerful way to look at it, in my opinion, is human beings should be able to do work. Like that's it. Like humans should be able to do work, whether that's going out and jogging for 10 seconds and walking for 30 for an hour, uh, hiking up a mountain, um, you know, taking their children to Disneyland and being able to walk around all day, like that's all work. So understanding if your client is able to even do work is, uh, it's, it's beneficial. It's, it's very beneficial. And we talked about this yesterday on our call, but um, on our cohort call, but I was telling some stories about like, you know, early days and doing the 10 minute assault bike test with like general population people and how surprised I was when I'd get, you know, a 35 year old, um, over fat male that would come in and, you know, I understood like, Hey, this guy doesn't have a ton of experience, but anyone can ride a bike and he gets on the assault bike and he's holding like 35 RPM and we get five minutes in and I'm like, "Eh, it's like Z one, like he's not really doing anything, but I'm not going to say anything. Like, let me just let him finish this thing. We get five minutes in and he has to get off the bike because he has to go throw up, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that before, but that just tells you that's a great assessment of that human being can't do work. And like we have to, I'm, I'm going to focus on that, right? Like I'm going to do aerobic work with this person because I want them to be able to get on a bike and spin for 10 minutes. Who gives a shit how many calories they're, they're, they're outputting? I just want them to be able to move for 10 minutes. So that was a very valuable learning back then where I was like, okay, it's important just to get this guy to be able to do 10 minutes on the bike. That's it. I don't care what his output is. So just understanding that it's not always about work capacity. Sometimes it's about just doing work. All right, guys. Well, uh, I think that's a good place to leave it for energy systems assessments. Leave it there. Let's uh, not ever do that again. Uh, Yeah, unless the people ask. Don't ask for it, guys. Please don't. (laughs) Just kidding. I wouldn't do it. (laughs) Guys, uh, as always, if you are on YouTube, please make sure you subscribe to our channel and uh, hit that like button. And if you're listening on audio, please make sure you uh, subscribe also and uh, leave us a comment to let us know uh, what you thought. All that stuff. All that good stuff. All the things. Subscribe below. Yeah. Click like. Comment. Unless it's negative, don't comment. We want to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, last quick thing, I'm uh, dropping the link to that uh, guide in the description below. Awesome. Thank you.